How y'all doing? How y'all doing this morning? Seriously, how you guys doing? Anybody doing all right? Anybody having a good week? Does anybody awake this morning? Okay, so basically you guys are not going to help me one bit at all today. So awesome. I'm prepared for that now. Hey, my name is TJ and I'm one of the pastors here and we're so happy that you're here with us as we're in our second week of the series called The Hangover. We're talking about getting past our past and some of the things that seem to give us, get us hung up in life and seem to get us stuck so where we cannot move forward. And uh, so many times that's what happens to us in life. And today we're going to be diving in and we're going to be talking about this idea that a lot of us, we get to this point where we say, this is just the way that I am. You know, this is how I am. This is how God made me. There is nothing that's going to change me because this is just how I am. And before we really dive into that, uh, we're going to review some of our key thoughts. But as we do, I want to tell you a story to begin with. Um, when I was about 18 years old, I have a stepsister who is uh, nine years younger than me. And I don't know if you guys ever have like younger siblings, but younger siblings are like the most annoying thing in the world. Can I get an amen there if you have a younger sibling? Uh, there's some people giving me an amen there. It's like, you know, they just annoy. It doesn't matter what they do. They are just annoying. And my younger sister, her name is Anne. She just happens to be the epitome of that. And so when she was younger, she would do things all the time that would just annoy me. And she thought that she was really funny and that she could trick me and play jokes on me and stuff. And she really wasn't good. And one day I went into my room and I heard something rustling in my closet. And I was like, what in the world? And, and I went and I opened up the door and I realized that my little sister was in there. She was trying to hide to scare me when I went to go open it up and, and grab some new clothes. And, and so I realized that she was in there. And so I shut the door and real quick and she was like, oh man. And she started getting out and I acted like I locked the door. You know, and I don't know if you've ever been in a closet and maybe you feel a little claustrophobic or not, but she started going berserk. And, uh, you know, a nine-year-old going berserk in your closet is not a good thing. Um, basically, every single piece of clothing was ripped off. The, the, the hangers and, and shelves were destroyed and all that stuff. But she just kept pushing on the door. And I made sure I held on to where that latch was going in really tight. And so she was kicking out the bottom and kicking out the top. And, and I was like, Ann, you're locked in there. I'm never going to let you out. And uh, in fact, I'll, you know what, Ann, I'll let you out tomorrow morning. And, you know, it might be the reason God has not allowed me to have kids. I don't know. Um, but uh, so I have her in there, and, and I don't have a lock on my door, but she does not know that. And so she pushes for about 20 minutes trying to get out, but pretty soon she just gives up and starts crying. And so I'm like, perfect. And so I walk away. And she's in there, you know, just pouting and stuff. And I know I'm a horrible, horrible brother, but I don't care. Um, she's annoying. And so, uh, and so I leave her in there, and she's just in there. And I come back about three hours later, and she is still in the closet. And she's still crying. But the thing that she hasn't realized is that the door has been unlocked the entire time. And what happens for a lot of us is, is that we buy into a lie that we think something is true and it's really not. In fact, it was, our, it was one of our key thoughts from last week. It was this, a lie believed as truth will affect you as if it were true. And a lie, even if it's not true, will keep you locked into a place that you never thought you were, you were going to get out of. And that's exactly what happened to her. She was locked into this closet that she thought she was never going to get out of, that I was going to keep her in there for as long as I could, maybe starve her to death, whatever it may be, because that's what people do. But she bought into this lie that there was no way out. And one of the most common lies that we believe as children of God is that this is just the way that I am. I'm just stuck in this situation 
situation that there is really no hope for me because this is how God designed me. This is how God made me. And so if I can't change, and I've tried it before. I tried it once, and it didn't work. So, you know, therefore, I cannot change the situation. And so many of us buy into this belief. And so I want to really take a look at a scripture in 2 Corinthians. If you guys want to look in your handouts or look on the screen or open up your Bible, Whatever you want to do, it says in 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 4, it says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not with weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. And now, I don't know if you guys remember, but last week we talked about this word power, and it was this word called dunamis. Did any of you guys remember the word dunamis? Everybody say dunamis. Say it one more time. Say dunamis. And that word means to demolish. It means, it's actually the word where we get the word dynamite. And, and so it's saying here, man, go and look at this. It's our, we have this divine power to demolish, to demolish these strongholds. Now, what are strongholds in life? And, and I want to take a look at the Greek word here. And it's this word, ochimoroma, which means to fortify or it means a strong castle. It literally means a prisoner locked by deception. It's a prisoner that's locked by deception. They've bought into this lie, is believing this lie. And so many people that are out there today are these prisoners of lies that they've bought into. They're these prisoners of things that they think is truth, even though it's not really truth. And that's what we consider a lie. And they buy into it. And that deception has caused them to be locked, bound, and chained up in their lives. And they have never yet stepped out into the freedom that is there for them through Christ because they're believing this lie that has got them held back. It's a lot like there's a lot of ladies out there that are extremely, extremely beautiful, but yet they think they're fat. And actually, they're really skinny. And you say, oh, man, you are so thin. No, I'm not. I'm fat. And it doesn't matter how many times you tell them they're not fat, their butt isn't big, or whatever it may be, they just believe the lie. Now, the opposite is true for guys. No matter what we look like or no matter what we wear, we think we look good. I don't know why it is. You know, we just strut ourselves. We're like, man, I'm fly. You know, I got this going on. GQ, brush a little dirt off the shoulders, you know, we just roll like that and we think it's all good. That's why you go to the beach and you see dudes wearing Speedos. I mean, they think they look good. They're like, hey guys, what's up, you know? And, and it's just not a cool thing. And let me just tell you, that is a lie from the devil. You do not look good in a Speedo. You should never wear a Speedo. In fact, let me just tell you, this is a word from God, throw that Speedo away and burn it, okay? It's just... It's not right, but we believe this lie that, man, we just look good. And, and so many of us, we buy into these lies in life and we think, man, if I just, you know, if, if this is the way it is, you know, that's just how I am. There's no getting out of it. And uh, today we're going to look at quite a few different strongholds that I think a lot of us fall into some of these categories that seem to get us caught up where we are believing this lie that isn't really true and it's affecting our lives in such an intense way, in such a way that it's causing us to swerve out of the will of God because we don't believe that we can change. We think this is just the way that I am. And so what I want you to do, I've listed a couple of them on your, your outlines there is, is as we're going through these, I just want you to make some mental notes, circle, make an X. If you say, you know what, I kind of fall into that category because this is what I know. Until we start recognizing the things that are happening in our lives, we will not have any change. We got to recognize the problem. We got to recognize the lie so then we can snuff it out with the truth of God's word. Because I believe that today God wants to speak to us in a, a significant way because he doesn't want us continuing to live in the past and to live hungover and asking ourselves, why does this keep happening to me? Why is this just the way that I am? Because that is not how God designed us. God designed us for something incredible out there, and we've got to break through the strong 
strongholds that are holding us back so that we can live in the freedom that he intended for our lives. And so the first one that we're going to start off with is this idea of a financial stronghold. And maybe some of you guys are out there, you feel like, man, I'm just not good with money. It doesn't matter how much money I have. I have money, and then oh, all of a sudden, all that money is gone. I, I don't understand balancing my checkbook. I don't understand budgeting. Um, you know, it's, it seems like there's just never a month enough money. There seems like there's always more month than there is money, and I don't really know how to do it. It seems like I'm always going into more and more debt. I just can't ever get ahead. And we have this stronghold because money freaks us out, and we don't have any idea how to manage it and how to use it and how to save it and how to really steward that stuff so that we can make the most out of it in life. And so a lot of us, we get into this whole wrong thought process about money of just this whole idea that I'm never going to have enough. And this is just the way that it is. It's never going to change. This is just the way that I am. I'm always going to be poor. I'm always going to be in debt. I'm always going to have mismanaged my finances. I'm always going to be stuck every single month. And some of you guys deal with that. A second area that some of you guys deal with is this whole relational stronghold. And, and that's this person to say, you know what, I can never have a good relationship. You know, it just, it just seems like every time that I get into some sort of relationship, everything seems to go wrong. You know, in fact, maybe you've been married and it didn't really work out. And now you're like, I just can't really trust anybody. You know, I've given them a heart and, and they're going to take it and they're going to stomp on it. And it just doesn't seem like I can ever find somebody that's going to understand me. I don't think I'm ever going to find somebody who's ever going to know me the way that I want to be known. And, and there's no way I can have a healthy relationship. In fact, it's hard for me to open up and trust people because of the hurt that I've had in my past. And so we go along and we have this relational stronghold that keeps us from really being real with other people. And so we're always putting on a front. We're always putting on a facade of this is who we are, but in reality is nobody really knows us. And some of us have some relational strongholds in life. Some of us have um, some habitual strongholds. And uh, maybe you're addicted to something or you have a habit. Maybe it's something like gambling or maybe it's, it's playing uh, the Powerball. You know, you want to win the $51 million that's out there. And you're like, God, if you would just give me that $51 million, I would even tithe on it. And you're, you're saying to yourself, man, I've got these habits. Maybe you're looking at some stuff you shouldn't be looking at. And you look at it and you look at it and you look at it. And you don't want to look at it, but you can't help yourself. You just continue to continue to look at it. Some of you guys are addicted to some, some chemicals in life. Maybe it's alcohol. Maybe it's uh, some sort of prescription drug. And you don't really want to do it, but you keep going back and back and back to it. And you can't seem to get rid of it. Some of you are smoking some stuff. Maybe it's cigarettes. Maybe it's weed. Maybe it's some crayons. I don't know what it is for you, but you're addicted to something. And it's some habitual thing that continues to happen in your life. And you have this stronghold that's holding you back. Then there's some of you guys that you have some mental strongholds. You have some areas of your life where you just, you're just like, man, I just have a bad attitude. Everything you look at is, you look at the, look at the glass is half empty. There's just, it's just never going to be good enough. There's just nothing I can do to meet up to their standards. There's just no way I can make this happen. And everywhere you go, it's a negative aspect. It's a negative outlook. And, and you say to yourself, man, I just can't change. You know, I cuss and I've tried to stop, but I just can't. And it's, it's something that I grew up with. And so we just blame it on that. And we just say, we have this. We have this mental habit that we just cannot break in our lives. And some of us are, are dealing with that stronghold. Then there's another one that's a spiritual stronghold. And uh, it's the person, you know, that says, one day, man, I'm totally on fire for the God. The next day, like, I don't even know where God is. And you feel like, man, I, I want to pray and I want to read my Bible. And you, you commit, I'm going to read my Bible every single day. And about week two, you stop and you just can't make it. And you say, you know, I know prayer works for those people, but prayer never works for me. And you, and you believe that God can do things, just not in your life. And you have this spiritual stronghold in your life that's holding you back from having this intimacy and this relationship with Jesus that he so desires 
because this thing is blocking that way. And then some of us, we have some physical strongholds, and that's that person who says, man, I, I just don't like the way I look. You know, I look in the mirror, and there's a thousand things I would change about me. You know, I, I need lipo this, and I need plumper lips here, and I need this and that, and I want bicep implants, and whatever it may be, I really do want bicep implants. So, uh, <laughs> or maybe it's, you know, I can't exercise. I can't lose this baby weight. And we have these physical strongholds that we just don't think that we can ever get past. And uh, your spiritual enemy, man, he continues to tell you, this is just the way you are. This is just the way you are. You can't do anything about it. And all of a sudden, you know what happens? If we start believing that long enough, you know what that tells God? This is what it says to God. It says, you know what? Even though you created the universe, God, you're really not big enough to transform my life. You know what? You're really not strong enough. You're really not powerful enough and, uh, to make any difference inside of me. You don't have the power to change me. And this is the thing. We're a prisoner that is locked in by our deception. We're a prisoner to the deception that we've bought into, that this is the way that I am. And with the power of God and Jesus Christ working within us, I believe that we can totally be transformed today. And so today what I want to do is I just want to look at a couple of different things that I think that if we were to implement some of these things in our lives, we would see transformation completely and totally take place within ourselves. And we would break free from this idea that this is just the way that I am, that there's nothing I can change, and that we would live in the freedom and the purpose and the plan that Christ has for our lives because this is not just the way we are. God wants to do a transformation within us, and he is continuously longing to see us look more and more like his son if we will just trust and believe him. And so the first thing that I think that we have got to do, that we have got to learn, if if we're going to really recognize this power that God has, is we have got to capture the wrong thoughts in our lives. We have got to capture the wrong thoughts. And we have, we've got to look at any thought that's inconsistent with what God says. We've got to capture that thing and we've got to not allow it to continue to, to ver- go through our brain over and over and over and over and over and over some more again. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says this, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. He's saying, Paul right here is saying, anything outside of God's word, we've got to grab that thought and we've got to, and we've got to shake it out, man. Because if it's not truth, it does not believe, belong in our mindset. If it isn't coming from God, man, if it's a wrong thought, we need to captivate that thought. We need to take it. We need to throw it in the trash and we need to get rid of it as soon as possible. Otherwise, that thought is going to start to, to determine the direction of our lives. And so many times that's what happens to us. I know that, that for me, that's what happens to me because, you know, I've, I've let you guys know this so many times that I'm like a super competitive person. Um, I, I hate to lose at anything. And recently we had a game night at our small group on a, on a Friday night. And um, I, I was doing really well because I was trying not to play any games. That's the best way for me not to be competitive and not to get mad at people and say things that I shouldn't say because I'm working on the whole, this whole capturing the thought thing because it hasn't all computed yet. I'm working towards it. You know, I, I'm preaching stuff that I'm working on in my life. But we were having this game night, and so I've done, like, really well. We've, they've probably played games for an hour and a half, and I've not played a game yet. I'm just walking around high five and talking to people. And finally, they wrote me into a game, and uh, we're playing um, – we're playing this mind game or something. I don't know what it is where you got to make little figures, stick figures out of uh, clay. Does anybody know what that game is? Anybody have a clue? Cranium. Yes, I knew somebody would know what it is. We're playing Cranium, and, uh, and I got stuck on like an all-guys team, and that's just never good because we're not, 
We're not good at creative stuff. I mean, we're not good at molding clay or uh, Play-Doh. I mean, that's just not what we do. But all of a sudden, our team like jumps out to the lead. And so the other guys on my team start talking junk. And I've, I've got this rule. I do not talk until I'm talked to when it comes to talking junk. So, uh, because then it's, then it's on. So I'm, I'm doing really good. I'm just keeping my mouth shut. And, and, and so we're like way far ahead. We've gotten on like the purple thing and we fast-tracked it. And, you know, because that's how we roll as guys. And so the ladies all around us, they're all losing. And uh, it, it's fabulous for us. And I'm just smiling because this is, this is good for me. We're doing well because I don't have to talk because these guys are doing it for me. But pretty soon, um, one, we, we mess up on one of our turns and we don't make any progress. And so one of the ladies starts calling us losers. And uh, all of a sudden, that starts to, to flow some things. And, and I hear some thoughts coming up and I start capturing them. And I'm like, okay, that's good, that's good. I can't say that, I can't say this, I can't say you're ugly, I can't say you need to lose weight. You know, I can't, because I don't, I don't play fair, I'm vicious. I don't care how I win, I just want to win. And so I do really good, and I make it through that game without offending anybody. And so that was really positive. And everybody starts to leave, and basically it's Shayla and I and Jeremy and Bones, the guy who plays bass here. And, uh, and so I've done so well. I'm really proud of myself at this point, because this is real progress for me. And... Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. And, we, and they're like, do you want to play a card game? And I'm like, well, I don't really want to play any games because I don't know what I'll say. And they're like, come on. And so we start playing. And, and they start annihilating Shayla and I. We're horrible at cards. We don't work well with signals. We are not good partners when it comes to games. I, that's all I got to say. It's not good for our marriage to be on the same team. And, uh, and so we're playing this game. And pretty soon, they're, we're losing. And they're starting to talk junk big time. And, and I'm just, I'm getting upset. And all these thoughts are going through my mind, and I'm capturing them. I'm, I mean, like 98 of the 100 thoughts I capture, but those two get out. And, uh, and I just rip into people. And we got to recognize, man, that there's thoughts that are going out there all the time that we need to capture. Because those thoughts that I ended up saying ended up being very destructive. And uh, they ended up hurting people, and they ended up ticking off my wife and, and uh, ticking off a lot of people that were there. And so we got to understand that, man, the thoughts that we have, man, we've got to capture those things. We've got to capture those thoughts. We can't allow them to go out. We can't allow ourselves to say, you know what, I'm not good enough. We've got to capture that thought that, that I can never make it. We've got to capture that thought that, that you know what, that my anger is going to overtake me. We've got to capture that thought that we're going to lash out. We've got to capture those thoughts because otherwise we're going to succumb to going back and buying into the lie that we just aren't those things. And see, God says the exact opposite about us. Man, he says we can do all things through him. We can do all things through Christ, that he's given us the power to overcome. We are more than overcomers. Man, that means we're above and beyond those things. And we have got to recognize that. In fact, Philippians tells us we got to think about these things. we got to think about whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, what do you do? You think about such things. But so many of us, we're waiting for a possible execution because we're just buying into the lie, into the deception that has been thrown out there that you're nothing, that you're not gonna make it, that this is just the way you are. Instead, God says, man, we gotta capture those things and we gotta think about the things that are true, that are pure, that are holy, that are lovely. And we've gotta capture those thoughts that we have and we've gotta make sure, we've gotta put them through the filter of Jesus Christ and his word and we gotta make it obedient to him. 
And so that's the number one thing we got to do. We got to capture our thoughts. The second thing that we have to do is we have to release the right words. We got to capture the wrong thoughts and we have got to release the right words. Now, this is why it's so important because the Bible tells us in Proverbs 18, 21, the tongue has the power of life and death. The tongue has the power of life and death. And many people, man, we speak words of destruction continuously. Man, we are continuously spewing out things that are destroying our lives. We're saying, well, I just can't do this. You know, other people may be good at that. You may be good at that, but I just can't do it. This is just the way that I am, man. I can't change. And so what we do is, man, we've got to capture those wrong thoughts and we've got to, all of a sudden, we've got to transform them. We've got to capture them, toss them out, and we've got to start speaking things that are true. We've got to speak life and we've got to release the right words. And, and I'm learning this so much because my wife I love my wife to death, and there is one thing that I've learned. My wife wants one thing from me more than any other thing, and if you were to ask her, what is the one thing that you would like TJ to do in your marriage that he doesn't do right now, she would say, man, I would love for TJ to pray with me, and I don't know why this is. I just, I really suck at praying. That's how I feel. I do, and so I would go, I, I end up spending most of my day praying with people, and, and I think every single prayer that I pray sounds the same. It's like I use the same kind of vocabulary, same couple of words. I just mix them around and I hope that people don't realize that I'm praying the same thing every single time because that's what I feel like. And so, so many times she's like, man, I wish, I wish TJ would just pray with me. And, and, and it's just weird. I mean, there's something about sitting down with people and sticking out your hands and they got the sweaty hand thing and holding hands and that's just kind of gross. And so she's like, man, my wife, she's like, more than anything, I would like my husband to pray with me and spend long amounts of time. And, and I know that that would create intimacy and all those things. And I just, I just say to myself, man, I just, I just don't want to do that. And I, and I started recognizing that I got to capture these wrong thoughts because if this is really the only thing that my wife wants from me, I got to start doing these things. I've got to start putting myself out there. And even though I don't really like doing this and it doesn't make me feel good, I've got to do those things because that's the wrong thought process. And so I started, you know, the first time I started going, man, I love to pray. That's what I started telling myself. I love to pray. And in my mind, I'm saying, I hate this. But I started telling myself, I love to pray. Praying with my wife is my favorite thing to do. I want to pray with her. And so the first 50 times that I pray with her, I hated it still, but I just kept doing it. I kept telling myself the right thing. I love praying with my life. I love uh, spending quality time holding hands for hours at a time, speaking words that because she's a really good prayer. And so it, it, it intimidates me a little bit, but I just kept doing it. And now, you know what? I'm starting to look forward to praying with my wife because I started capturing the wrong thoughts and I started releasing the right words. And, and you know what? You can do the same thing. You can do the same thing because Shayla said something that I think was incredible a couple of weeks ago. She said, you know, if we want to change the direction of our lives, we've got to change the proclamation from our lips. If we want to change the direction in our lives, we've got to start looking at what we're proclaiming from our mouth. And if we start proclaiming those things, maybe you've got a problem with, with smoking. You say, you know what? I'm quitting today. I don't need to be held back by smoking any longer. Smoking is not something that's going to hold me back. And I'm going to move forward and I'm not going to smoke anymore. And you need to start telling yourself the right things. Some of you guys are out there, you know what? When you wake up in the morning, you need to say, I love exercising. I'm going to exercise like a fool. I'm going to have buns of steel at the end of this day because I love exercising so much. And so you can go and do your Suzanne Summer thing and flex your buns and feel good about yourself at the end of the day. And sometimes you gotta start speaking the things that are not there as though they were. And you gotta start believing those things and you gotta start releasing the right things. Some of you guys are having some troubles in your marriage and you're like, man, this marriage is horrible. You need to change your words. You need to start saying, you know what? God ordained this marriage and God is gonna turn this thing around and God is doing something supernatural in my spouse and they're changing and I'm changing and God is gonna restore this thing. Some of you 
guys are dealing with some financial difficulties right now, and you're wondering how you're going to make it, and you start saying, you know what, I trust God, and God is the provider of everything that I need, and if I'm trusting him, and I'm giving faithfully, and I'm doing everything that he's asking of me, then I know he's going to pull me through. I know he's going to make it out. And so we have got to do that. And when we start doing that, we'll start having this, this whole thought process and we'll start having this whole idea of what Psalms 19:14 says. And it says, may the words of my mouth and the thoughts of my heart, it says, capture the words and release the right words. It says, may the words of my mouth and the thoughts of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. May the words of my mouth and the thoughts of my heart be pleasing to God. My question is, is, are your thoughts and are your words pleasing to God today? As you look at yourself and you reflect on yourself, are they pleasing God? And I know you're just, well, TJ, I just can't change. I just can't do it. This is just the way I am. That's your response a lot of time. And we're a prisoner locked in by deception. We are a prisoner locked in by the deception of the lie. And Jesus Christ, by his power, he wants to set us free today. He wants to allow us to just open up the door and walk out free. But we've got to get past the lie that we've been continuing to believe. And so many of us, and so many of us are believing this lie, and we're just trapped in there. We're trapped in there by our imagined lie that isn't even real. And so we've got to capture the wrong thoughts, and we've got to release the right words. And finally, we've got to attack and win. We've got to attack and win. And this is what Apostle Paul says in Colossians 1.29. He said, to this end, I labor struggling with all his energy, which so powerfully works in me. Paul says this. He says his. And what he's, not, he's not talking about his own energy there. What he's talking about is a power that is way beyond him. He's talking about this power that is Christ's power. He's saying, man, this, this, this power that's inside of me, is, that's working so powerfully inside of me, is not my own strength. It's Christ's strength. And Christ's strength, man, when, when Christ's strength starts working, it changes everything. And this is a common mistake I see in so many people. We have two tendencies that what we think we got to do. And the first one is that we think, man, I've got to do this on my own. I've got to be strong. I've got to push through. I've got to make it. It's all on me. And we buy into that lie. And that's one thing. Then there's another set of problems that we have where some of us say, man, I prayed about it. Now it's all on God. God, this is all yours, man. I talked to you about it. Now I don't have to do anything. And that isn't what God is saying at all to us. A lot of times we think that, but we got to understand that it's us doing our part and then it's God's doing his part. And together, when we get to the end of us, that's where God kicks in and he starts going in our lives and he starts doing the things that can't be done. And we gotta understand it's us and it's God, not separately, but together, it's a we thing. It's all, it's us together. It's we going forward and God moving and shaping and transforming. And he's waiting for us to call on him. And when we call on him, he's ready to move and we just gotta keep moving with him. And I like this word in this scripture that's, that's translated as struggling here word. And it's the word, I don't even know how to say it. It's that word right there. I've tried to memorize it. I've tried to say it. I just can't do it. And, it. and this is what it means. It means to struggle to compete for a prize, to contend with an adversary and win. 
And that's the word that Paul was doing. And that's where we get our word agony out of. And what he's saying is, he's saying, man, I'm agonizing over this thing. And his power, not just my power, but his power is carrying me. I'm working my buns off. I'm doing every single thing that I can. And then when I get to my limit, God kicks in, man, and he is going forward. He is taking over on this point. It's, this is a different kind of strength. It's not just my power, but it's his power with, at work within it within me. And I know some of you guys have said, man, I've tried, I've tried, I've tried, I've tried, and then I've tried some more. And see, there's a difference between trying and praying. There's a difference between, you know, going out there and trying and surrendering to God. Because a lot of us, we go out there and we try and then we just pray and then we're like, God, it's on you. But very few of us are saying, God, take this all. God, I mean, I'm going to do everything that I can but God, you've got to take over at some point and you've got to make this happen because otherwise, man, in my strength, I can't do it, but I'm trusting in your power. And when my strength runs dry, you're going to take over and make it happen. And I understand this so well because for the longest time, man, I tried doing so much of, of my pastoring out of my own strength. Uh, at, at my old church, in fact, I was, a, I was an associate pastor there and, and we were doing really, really well. And um, I, I was speaking a lot and I'd never really relied on God in, in communication. And what had happened is, is that in that, I thought it was all on me. And so what happened over a, a couple of weeks is that I was speaking three out of four weeks, and, um, and I was doing it all out of my own strength. I wasn't, I was, you know, reading and doing all that stuff, but I wasn't seeking God at all. I was trying to come up with good ideas and good thoughts all on my own. And three out of those four weeks, I bombed messages like bombed bad, like I got emails, our pastor got emails. Um, in fact, it was so bad that I was not allowed to speak for the next two years. That's how bad it was. Um, because I was trying to do things in my own strength. And I couldn't figure out what had happened. Why, did, why were these things so bad when before I'd gotten away with for so long was doing it out of my own strength? How come it didn't work this time? How come uh, people's lives weren't changed? How come I couldn't just throw an emotional story at them and, and get somebody to play keyboard behind me and them all cry and, and feel emotional and stuff? You know, why couldn't I just really manipulate them, basically, is what I was asking myself. And through that time, as I, was, I, was, as I started looking at and reflecting on myself, and I realized, man, I'm trying to do this all on my own. And this is what I realized. If God's not in it, it doesn't work. It always, always fails. And two years later, when, when, when I finally was allowed to speak again, man, I didn't come there with some great message that I put together. Man, I came there with, with God. I just sought you really hard, and I hope you show up because I've got very little. I'm going to give it my all, but if you don't show up, it's not worth anything. And I'm going to study. I'm going to put in my time, but, man, if something doesn't happen, not worth it. And I'm telling you what, when I started trusting God and I wasn't relying on my power, but I was allowing his power to kick in, it changed everything. It changed everything. It wasn't just really, really good words anymore, but it was the anointing and the power of God moving in people's hearts and lives. It wasn't manipulating them through music or, or a strum of the guitar. It was God's Holy Spirit moving and changing and transforming. 
And so many of us, we're trying to rely on our own strength. We're trying to do it on our own, or we're saying, here, God, it's all you, and we're doing nothing. And God is saying, man, this is a we thing. If you'll start capturing the wrong thoughts, and you'll start speaking the right words, and then you start going out there, and you do everything that you can do, and when you get to the end of yourself, you're like, God, man, I give it to you, but I'm going to keep on. God is going to move and do something unbelievable in your life. And you know what? You're not going to be the way that you always have been. You're going to see your life start to transform. You're going to see your life start to be swayed and moved and look more and more like those things. Because here's the deal, man. I used to be an angry dude. I used to be the most competitive guy in the world. But you know what? As I started capturing those thoughts, God started changing my life. I, started, I used to hate to pray with my wife. You know what? Today, I love to pray with my wife. Man, I want to spend time with her. I want to have that intimacy with her because I started capturing the wrong thoughts. And I started speaking the right words. And I started trusting God in those things. And I saw God do amazing things in my life. And those things that I used to be addicted to that I'm not addicted to anymore because I gave it to him. And there's things that you are dealing with right now that you're trying to do in your own strength. And you need to give them over to God. You need to allow God's power to move in your life. But that is going to take you doing something and trusting him at the same point. It's going to say, you know what, God? I am not this way. This is not the way I have to stay. I don't have to continue to go through this cycle of life of being hung over and hung over and hung over. I'm going to do everything I can do. But God, you got to step in here and show up and show your power. And I believe that it's going to be explosive, that there's going to be a radical change within me because that's what God wants to do in our lives. We've just got to be willing to step out there and allow him to do the change. But first, we got to buy into this idea that what we've been believing is a lie. We've got to recognize that we've been buying into a lie and that lie has deceived us and it's held us prisoner for, for a long time. And it's time for some of us to break free. It's time for some of us to get up from behind the closet door and just open up the door and experience the freedom that God has for us today. And he's just waiting on us. Because here's the thing, God has already set you free. He said, who the sun sets free is, is free indeed. And this is the thing, Jesus, when he died upon the cross, he gave you freedom. It's your choice if you're going to take it. It's your choice. And today is your day. Are you going to choose to continue to be deceived and be a prisoner of your own lie? Or are you going to experience the freedom that God has for you? And here's what I want you to do. I know that you guys are all thinking about that thing. That one thing that God wants to change in your life. What I want you to do is write it down. Write it down in your bulletin. Write it down on your iPhone. Write it down on your iPad. Whatever you've got, make a note of it. Because here's the thing. The first thing is recognizing the lie. Because when we know the lie, when we see it, we can point it out and we can change our life by knowing what the lies the devil keeps throwing our way so that then we can come at it with the truth of God's word and the fact that he wants us to be free. Let's pray. God, we just come before you and just thank you today, God, that, that we need your power to help us, God. You want to do something transforming in our lives. But God, a lot of us have bought into a lie for so long that we cannot change. That this is just the way that we are. God, and that isn't the truth at all. And today, God, I believe that you want to set some people free. That some people here have been a prisoner for a long time. And they've wrote those things down. 
God, I just pray that as they think about that thing, that you would just help them to open up the door. Help them to walk through and experience the freedom that you have for them, God. And as they walk through that door, God, that you will bust their perception, their idea that this is just the way that I am out of the water. God, that they don't have to believe that that they can never amount to anything, that they can never have a healthy relationship, or that they can never manage their finances, or that they can never lose weight, or they can never have a healthy lifestyle. But God, that they can do all things through Christ who strengthens them. God, that they would they would recognize a lie and believe the truth of your word. God, let us never be the same. Let us never be content with the status quo, but God, let us recognize and move towards your truth continually.